Welcome to Central Assembly's podcast. Here is a message from our lead pastor, Kurt Jenkins. We pray this message speaks to you. Good morning. How many of you enjoyed the water baptisms today? Woo! That's one of my favorite things in all of ministry is to watch people get dunked under the water and just the declaration of who they are in Christ. We're going to talk a little bit of, uh, today about justice, the justice of the Lord. And when you think about somebody going under the tank, that is a symbol of justice being had in their lives. Amen? It's a symbol of all their sins being washed away, the true justice of the Lord coming through because of the blood of Jesus. You know, as we do continue in this uh, Craving Hope series, it is in times of injustice that we do crave hope the most. You know, if you think about our hearts uh, and our emotions that cry out for justice in difficult and hurtful situations, we want to be able to see truth prevail. We want to see the Lord prevail. We want to see the Holy Spirit come through in these situations. When you think about one of the, the biggest public outcries right now on both sides of even the political uh, fence is with the Supreme Court nominee, Judge Kavanaugh, and of course the accuser, Christine Ford. You know, regardless of what side of the argument uh, that you sit on, everybody needs prayer in this situation so that justice can prevail. Uh, the justice of the Lord is the only thing that's going to bring to uh, bring about restitution and restoration. Man's laws are not going to do that. Uh, legislation is not going to do that. One more protest is not going to do that. Only the justice and the truth of the Lord. So you think about it, you know, the, the, uh, on Judge Kavanaugh's side, uh, denying those claims and saying he, he, you know, he hasn't done those things. He needs healing uh, from this situation of his reputation. On the other side with Christine Ford, if something did happen uh, in the case of the tragedy, if she was uh, assaulted in that way by somebody else even, she needs healing from the situation. So we're not, as Christians, we're not attacking one side because we, we hope for one side or the other. Do you understand me? We pray for justice in both of their lives in the entire situation, that truth would prevail and that both would be healed. Can you say amen to that? Amen. So be it, Lord, is what amen means. We think about all the public you know, uh, uh, outcry for justice right now. Across churches, uh, all across America and all across the world are individuals just like you and me that have also faced injustices. Uh, there are people sitting in this room today that have been mistreated by others, that have been betrayed, that have been abused, assaulted, possibly raped, taken advantage of. Some of you may have been stolen from. Maybe you've been deceived. People in this room have experienced racism, hatred, discrimination, intimidation, and many other countless injustices. And these, this pain is real. And God writes about it throughout his word. You know, some of these things can be life-altering when you think about it. And so many times they create a roadblock for future relationships, for the way that you handle your finances in the future, and especially your relationship with the Lord. And maybe you haven't faced an injustice from another person, but maybe you feel like uh, it's just from the devil himself. You know, you face things in life that you can't explain, and you feel like there's an injustice that's been served. Even last night as I was praying about this message, uh, a lot of this was focused on injustice done by other people in your life. And I feel like uh, the Lord said very clearly, just out of nowhere, as I was just looking over my notes and things, uh, that there are people in this congregation in our church family that have children or grandchildren uh, that, that have disabilities, that you know that this is an injustice in their life, but it, you've struggled at times with your relationship with the Lord, that you've blamed him. You don't know who to look to. You don't know what the answer is. And I feel like he's saying justice is on the way. 
We believe that it's the Lord's will to heal every time. So we will partner with you in prayer for that. And then what you do is you pray for the justice of the Lord to come upon yourself for your own emotional healing and emotional strength that you can walk and care for your child or grandchildren, whatever it is as it relates to you. But I feel like that's from the Lord, uh, that if you feel like an injustice has been done, we're gonna, have, we're gonna have an opportunity at the end of the service to prophetically uh, slam a gavel down on the block to say justice will be served. Amen? Amen? So we were looking at different passages from Isaiah. We're gonna look at a few, just a few verses from Isaiah chapter 42. We've talked about uh, over the past few weeks how Isaiah was prophesying about upcoming events in the life of Judah and Israel, the land of Judah and Israel, that they were gonna be taken into exile and eventually released. But also several of these uh, passages in Isaiah were prophesying about the coming of the Messiah, Jesus Christ. And obviously these verses uh, point to the ideal Israel, but then also definitely to Jesus Christ. So I'm just gonna read four verses at this time, and then we'll talk here. Starting at verse one, it says, here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him and he will bring justice to the nations. Can you say justice to the nations? He will not shout or cry out or raise his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. In faithfulness, he will bring forth justice. He will not falter or be discouraged until he establishes justice on the earth. Then it says, in his law, the islands, and they're talking about the distant lands, not only the mainlands, but also the distant lands, will put their hope. So it starts off by saying that my chosen one, right? So we have to understand God has one chosen person to provide hope for the world. There's no substitutes, there's no additions, there's no generic brands. There's one person that he chose and his name is Jesus Christ, right? The easier and the quicker we remember that, we're gonna take our focus on just making sure we get justice and putting our focus on the one who gives justice. There's a big difference because if we're fighting for justice, we'll end up in anger, we'll end up in hatred toward a person or bitter, our relationship with the Lord will weaken. But if we know that we've suffered an injustice and we say, listen, I believe that Jesus Christ is the chosen one, that no other legislation, no law, no man, not even myself can bring forth justice. I know that Jesus is the one, the only one that can bring ultimate justice in my life and my situation. Then my relationship grows with him even as situations might grow more tense. Does that make sense? When we take it into our own hands and we, we, we write the sign, we do the protest, we do one more article about a person and it ends up dividing everything. But if we can trust that Jesus is the one that was chosen by the creator of all creation, then we'll seek him in these situations. In Matthew chapter 12, 15, well, I don't have the verses up there and I'm not gonna read it for the sake of time, but it is saying that Jesus is the fulfillment of all of these verses, all right? Because we have a shorter time to preach today, I just want you to look at those. Matthew chapter 12, starting at verse 15 on, in your own time, it shares how many people that were sick came to Jesus, he healed them all, and then it says that it went on to do this, to, to fulfill the prophecy of Isaiah, and then it goes on to list the four verses, plus a little bit more than I even read today. So we know that Jesus is the fulfillment of these prophecies. Now, Sharice read earlier in Matthew chapter three, verse 16, 
Uh, when Jesus went into the water, he was fully emerged. And when he came out, heavens opens up and it says that the spirit of God descended on Jesus like a dove. What does Isaiah 42 verse one say? He's my chosen one. Upon him, I will put my spirit. So we see Jesus was given the Holy Spirit prior to water baptism. No public ministry, no face-to-face confrontation with the devil, no miracles. His water baptism, he comes up out of the water, the Spirit of God falls on him. He is now able to withstand all of the temptation of the enemy. He begins his ministry and he completely fulfills every miracle and prophecy that was given in the Old Testament. We need the Holy Spirit to move in our lives for justice to prevail, amen? Listen, when it comes to justice, I I agree with due process. I agree with, in the natural, you know, people paying for their crimes that they've committed based on man's laws. But man's laws only bring judgment. When the Lord's justice brings restitution and restoration of your own soul. I want you to think about this in your own life. Maybe you've been hurt, abused, stolen from, whatever it is. If we take things in our own hands, we want those people to pay, right? We want them to get what they deserve, what they have coming to them. Are you with me or am I the only one that has to admit that I've been through that before? Been hurt, abused, betrayed, people have hurt you, right? Lord, I just want them to get what they deserve. And then let's say they do. In a court of law, let's say they get an accident or something. They got what they had coming. When somebody gets what they had coming to them, does that heal you at all? No, because it's not true justice. Man's ways fail in comparison to the justice of the Lord. The justice of the Lord is not them getting what they deserve. If they rebel against God their entire life, they will be judged at the end of time. But when justice prevailing in your own situation is when your your wounds are healed, when your soul is healthy, when you can walk and see a person that has hurt you deeply and know that you've forgiven them, know that you can walk in peace and confidence and love, that's the Lord's justice prevailing. That's why Jesus was the chosen one. The Holy Spirit comes upon him so he can walk out and see justice done in the nations. Again, I'm not against due process, but I don't, wanna, well, I don't want us to get confused when you see people all over the news saying justice was served today. No, there's still a mother that lost her loved one. There's still somebody who lost everything that they've owned. They need the justice of the Lord to prevail in their life so they are healed up walking back in what the Lord has for them. So if you think about it, in God's kingdom, justice results in mercy before judgment. The justice of the Lord wants to bring forth mercy into the situation before judgment. Ultimately, in that tank today, we saw people experiencing the true justice of the Lord. Everything that Jesus came, right? Everything that Jesus came for the forgiveness of our sins to set us free That's justice. And there'll be a final day of judgment for anyone who has continuously rebelled against the Lord. They will be judged, but Jesus was already judged for us. We have this period of grace and mercy to receive it, to receive salvation, just like those folks did in the baptism tank, but not just on the grand scale of salvation, for your specific situation, your specific injustices that you have faced in your life. The Lord wants to bring restoration, resolution, and restitution for these things. So think about it. Jesus got what we deserved so that we could get what he deserved. 
He received judgment so that we could receive justice. He exchanged his holiness for our sinfulness so that we could be called the righteousness of God in Christ. It seems almost scandalous, almost illegal, but he's in charge, so he's allowed to do what he wants. Isn't it crazy in the earthly kingdom, we want people to pay and feel pain and yet we'll still be in pain. But in the kingdom, he says, listen, if someone has caused you pain and they repent of those sins, they're forgiven of those sins. So we have to watch how we pray. We have to watch what we want to happen to the people who have hurt us. Because if God says, you know what? I'll give them what they deserve, but because I'm a fair and a just God, I have to give you what you deserve. And then you're like, whoa, never mind. How many, how many wants what they have coming to them, what they deserve based on their own acts? Yeah, neither do I. So we have to watch what kind of justice. We want man's justice to come and prevail in life or do we want the Lord's justice? Because he says in verse one, he will bring justice to the nations. In faithfulness, right? The Lord's not gonna forget. The Lord has seen everything that's happened to you. Every hurtful act that's happened to you, he's seen it. And he wants to bring justice about. In verse four, it says, he will not falter or be discouraged till he establishes justice on the earth. How many of you know you get discouraged sometimes, right? You've been wrong, something's stolen from you, something is in pain, there's a wound in your soul. It can become discouraging, waiting for that restoration to happen, waiting for that healing to happen. And it's saying here in verse four, he's not faltering. He's not being discouraged. It is his will for you to experience justice. I'm not gonna give you the verses here. I just wanna read down some of promises from God's word dealing with justice. He will repay you for the years the locusts have eaten. He will restore the ruins of that which has been destroyed. He will restore your health and heal your wounds. He will restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. I'm not making this up. This is from your Bible. For the Lord loves the just and will not forsake his faithful ones. Instead of your shame, you will receive a double portion. And instead of disgrace, you will rejoice in your inheritance. Though you have seen troubles, many and bitter, God will restore your life from the depths of the earth and he will rise and, and he will again bring you up. He will increase your honor and comfort you once more. You guys want more? This is all God's word. God will bring into judgment both the righteous and the wicked. For there will be a time for every activity, a time to judge every deed. When justice is done, it brings joy to the righteous, but terror to evildoers. Will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. Hebrews 10.30 says, for we know him who said, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. The Lord will judge his people. Now think about this. The Lord can only serve justice if he is in the judge's bench. And so many times we grab the gavel and we say, I'm making a judgment call in this situation. You've hurt me and now I want to hurt you back. I want you to get what you have coming to you. And the reality occurs at some point in our life that two people can't fit on that bench. That would actually look quite silly, wouldn't it? Right? Two judges sitting on the same bench, one sitting on the lap of the other, both slamming their gavels thinking they know what they're doing. So when we sit 
in the bench of the judge and we cast judgments down, we actually eliminate the possibility for the justice of the Lord to occur in your life. Does this make sense? You actually cut off the ability because you've pushed him off of the judge's bench. And you say, I'm in charge. I'm going to take this in my own power, my own strength. So he says, okay, I love you enough. You have free will. I'll let you do that. And I'll be waiting for you to invite me back up onto the bench so I can carry this out the way that only Jesus can carry out. So at some point in our life when we say, listen, I'm making the final judgment in my life. The gavel strikes down, I am no longer the judge. And you step off the bench and you let the Lord come and now now the promises that I just read can start to come to pass. So if you're frustrated about an injustice in your life that you just haven't seen restored yet, maybe it's finances or relationship, whatever it is, whether it's from the devil himself, from his demons, or from another person. Just ask yourself, am I, have I been sitting on the bench? You know how you'll tell? If you're angry at the person, if you're unforgiving toward them, if they still need to be punished for what they did to you, then that means you're still on the bench. But today, you'll have the opportunity to get off the bench and prophetically declare that his justice is on the way. You know, while we sit on the bench, I believe that these verses are true in verse three where it says a bruised reed and a smoldering wick. I believe it affects us when we're sitting on because we're wearing a weight that we weren't designed to wear. Only Jesus was designed to wear the weight of the great judge, right? He's the only one that's designed to be able to bring justice. But I love the promise here. It says that he's not going to break a bruised reed. He's not gonna snuff out or blow out a smoldering wick. Does this make sense to you guys? If you're weak, if you're hurt, if you're tired, if you've been abused, if you just haven't gotten past something that happened even to you, maybe by a parent, a grandparent, a friend. I know even for years, for years into young adulthood, I would think back when I was in middle school being bullied and I like needed to, I'm like, that's so far ago. It's so long. I'm like an adult now. No, I needed to offer forgiveness to those individuals. I needed to let the Lord deal with them as he wants to deal with them and let the Lord deal with me how he wants to deal with me so that he can provide my healing. And once I'm healed up and once I forgive them, it doesn't matter if they get punished anymore because the Lord's in charge of their life as I ask the Lord to be in charge of my life. So we think about this. He's not gonna break us. He's not, he's not gonna blow us out. He's not gonna push us aside. He's gonna wait patiently until his justice can come forth. So when you think about it, what does that look like? What does this justice look like? I believe we have to stop looking at what's happening to other people and realize that justice looks like God helping you forgive your offender. Justice looks like you learning how to operate with wisdom and finances in the future. So if somebody comes in and tries to sneak this, you'll identify that in the future. Justice looks like you making the call and not waiting for your aunt, your uncle, your cousin, your mother, your father, who you haven't talked to for years. It's justice is you calling them and inviting them over for dinner, for Thanksgiving. It's you taking an active part, becoming whole and healthy so that the Lord can reign in your life. I'm gonna read just two more verses toward the end of this chapter or the middle of the chapter in verse nine. So it just goes on to talk about what the Lord's done. In verses five through eight, but in verse nine, Adam, you can come up at this time. In verse nine, it says, see, the former things have taken place and new things I declare. Can you say new things? He's saying, listen, what's in the past 
is in the past. The former things have already taken, taken care of themselves. You can't change the past. Like maybe that's where we need to realize that. I want to be filled with power. I want to be filled with grace. I want to be able to win people. I want to advance the kingdom, right? But maybe we just have to start by saying, I can't change the past. I can't change what's already happened. But it says here, new things I declare. See, the former things have taken place and new things I declare. Before they spring into being, I announce them to you. Again, a prophecy about Jesus coming forth. Things in the past are in the past. And he was declaring, prophesying, predicting what things would happen. I feel like in your own life specifically, what is done is done. But the Lord wants to do a new thing. The new thing he's declaring. And what does it say? That he's declaring these things before they spring up, before they come. That's called prophecy. It's called speaking for something and believing something in your heart, in faith that it's declared once and for all today before it even springs up. So think about that, this with the gavel, with the judges. All right, a judge or somebody in authority uses a gavel. They can use a gavel to uh, bring, bring order to a situation, to begin a meeting, end a meeting. But the most powerful way that a judge or someone in authority can use this to strike the wooden, uh, the wooden base here is to render a decision done and final. Now, how many of you know when they say, when they render a judgment, they say, it's done and the case is over. How many of you know if you were, if you were supposed to get a, a $200,000 in restitution that that money doesn't appear in your pocket as soon as this gavel strikes? How many of you know if somebody's going to do jail time because they've hurt somebody? That doesn't heal your soul as soon as this strikes. But this is a declaration by the judge that it is coming your way. Justice is coming your way. And I believe the same is true with you. The Lord says, listen, justice is on the way. I just have to be the judge. And I will make sure that Jesus will bring justice to the nations. And guess what? You're one of the people in all of the nations. So justice is the will of the Lord. I learned about a ceremony this past week looking at what a gavel is used for. And they have something called the passing of the gavel. That when one person who stands in authority steps out of their bench, out of their place of authority, and gives uh, and, and somebody else knew in authority is they formally pass the gavel to them. So there's one final strike of when they're in charge and they pass that gavel off. This is what we're gonna do today. We're gonna do a prophetic act for anybody that this is spoken to today. If you have faced an injustice that you feel like you're still on the, sitting on that bench or you're, maybe you don't feel like you're up there but you just know that the Lord still has to restore something in your life. It's either resonated with you or not. And I'm gonna, we're, gonna, we're gonna give them maybe five, 10 minutes. And I would ask, I, unless you have to be at work, you might say, well, altar times aren't for me. And it's just not, listen, they are for you. Even if you're not coming up, I want you to pray for people today. I'm not praying that, that this is just a nice little ceremony. I'm, I've been praying all week that the Lord would bring absolutely miraculous justice to people's lives. So if you're a Christian in this room and you're not feeling like that at all, you feel like you're, everything's going great in your life, then know that there are people that have been hurt, abused, assaulted, stolen from sitting in this church family. And they could afford to have just one more person praying for them. So I'm gonna ask you, if it resonates with you, we're gonna stand in just a moment. You're gonna have the opportunity to come up here and give this two good whacks. And be careful because this thing can go flying. Don't break the gavel. 
The first, the first hit is gonna be your last judgment as sitting on the bench. You're just gonna say, Lord, this is my last one. I'm handing it to you. And that second hit is gonna be a prophetic declaration. It's gonna be an act of faith that the justice of the Lord is on its way. And it might not happen today. It might not happen tomorrow because you know what? We're not gonna get frustrated. We're not gonna get tired. We're not gonna get burned out because we are no longer on the bench. So we let the judge handle it in his timing. And we believe for a miracle to take place. Does this make sense? First one is the last judgment as mine. My, me being on, as the judge on the bench. And the second one is a prophetic declaration. It's an act of faith that the justice of the Lord has been served today and it's on its way. Why don't we stand at this time? I just wanna ask before we even do this, just like the people who were dunked in the tank earlier through water baptism, that's the best form of justice we could see and experience. So I just want you to bow your heads, close your eyes quickly. If there is anyone in this room that has not experienced the justice of the Lord based on the blood of Jesus for the forgiveness of sins, to be at peace with God, and you wanna be at peace with God today for the very first time, I want you just to raise your hand quickly. Look up at me so I can see it. Thank you, I see your hand. Anyone else, I see your hand. Thank you very much. Someone else, I see your hand. Thank you. Justice of the Lord, I see this fourth hand. Thank you, Lord. I see someone else back there. I see two. Thank you, Jesus. Anyone else? You can put your hands down once I acknowledge you. Come on, right here. Thank you, Lord. Come on, right back in the back. Come on, Jesus. Justice is already being served today. Come on. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Guys, I want you to repeat this. If you raise your hand, you made the best decision of your life. You stepped out of the driver's seat and off the judge's bench and you're letting the blood of Jesus come even right now to heal you and set you free of all your sins. I want everybody in this congregation to repeat this prayer just to partner with them. This isn't a magical prayer. This is a declaration that, listen, I've sinned against the holy God and I'm now trusting that he's becoming my Lord and Savior. You're beginning a journey. It's not ending here, folks. It's just begun. And if you have raised your hand, I just want you to meet me and a few other of the altar team members when we close in prayer. But we're still gonna spend about five, 10 minutes with this justice uh, act. Uh, we're not gonna go anywhere right now. We're gonna let the Lord continue to move. So repeat this after me. Uh, if you raised your hand and then those around them as well, everybody can do this. Say, God, today I confess that I have sinned against you. And that I need a savior. I believe Jesus died on the cross for the forgiveness of all my sins. And that he was raised from the dead so that I will have new life in him. I choose to die to my sinful ways and follow Jesus as he transforms me into God's image that I was created for. Come on, let's say this loud. I now surrender my life to Jesus, making him my Lord. And I receive Jesus as my Savior. I am now a child of God, a new creation 
born again spiritually. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, let's just give God praise one more time. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. That's good. You are stronger. You are stronger. Sin is broken. You have saved me. It is written. Christ is risen. Jesus, you are Lord of all. Sing it again. You are strong. So he says again, see the former things that have taken place and new things I declare before they spring into being, I announce them to you. The very next verse says to sing to the Lord a new song, his praise from the ends of the earth. So what I wanna do is just give a good shout or a good praise or a good hand clap for what has already taken place that is yet to come. Father, we thank you today. call it to be done in Jesus' name as that gavel was slammed down. Your justice has been served, and now we sing a new song with great expectation of what you're about to do in our lives. Father, I thank you for this many, these many people that gave their lives to Jesus uh, today, maybe for the first time, maybe for many times over. God, we just thank you for fresh, brand new starts with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Can you say amen? Thank you for joining us. Be sure to check us out on the web at centralconnect.org.